Welcome to Shout Out Patriots. I'm Martin Moyer, your host, and joining me is Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church, and he's the co-host of the program as well. Alec Rooney, who's the news editor for Christian Action Network, is joining us. Michael Moyer is working the controls. And out in Columbus, Ohio, is David Carroll, an attorney and chairman of the board for Christian Action Network, which is sponsoring this program. Welcome, everybody, to our show. So I want to start off with something that has all of us around this table pretty outraged. It's the U.S. State Department has decided to become a weapon against conservatives. And what they're doing is they are padding the pockets of activist groups in order to come after conservative groups and organizations. David Carroll has done some research on this, so I'm going to pass it all along to him. And David, you can tell us more. Yeah, what's happened is that the Department, State Department has uh, issued a, uh, a notification for grant applications. And what they want to do is they want to give grants to left-wing organizations, and they're pretty explicit about saying that, left-wing organizations, in order to fight the speech of people who don't agree with the LGBTQ exclamation point plus agenda and the, uh, and the whole trans agenda. Uh, and the whole idea of the uh, of it is that the the grant recipient is supposed to come up with projects to fight the so-called hate speech uh, of people who disagree with the LGBTQ exclamation point plus and trans agenda. Uh, however, it's all disguised in oh, because the conservative people that don't like these agendas. Uh, are making death threats and threats of violence. And, and that is the, that is the, everyone is supposed to pretend that anybody that doesn't like uh, the LGBTQ plus agenda or the trans agenda uh, is, is deeply in hate with them, I guess. Well, they say that uh, the goal of their program and funding, and this hundreds of thousands of dollars, by the way, money that they are giving away to various groups out there. The goal is to promote free speech. That's what they say their goal is. I want to read to you the name of this uh, grant, and I'll probably have to take two breaths to get it all out. It's called Funding Opportunity, Ensuring Freedom of Expression for Vulnerable and Marginalized Populations Responding to Anti-Rights Efforts and Targeted Attacks. That's the name of the grant. Thanks. Actually, it took me three breaths to get it out. <laughs> Can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Um, so the, the goal of the program, they claim, is to protect the free speech rights of all Americans. And their concept is that there are conservative organizations out there who are working to stop the free speech rights of others, in particular the uh, pro-transgender movement and the pro-abortion movement that we, like Christian Action Network, has conspired together to go out and attack and deny these people their freedom of speech. Therefore, they're going to give hundreds of thousands of dollars to a left-wing organization whose goal will be to shut us down. So this is, 
I told David earlier today, I said, this is like you're asking me to give tax dollars to you to give it to somebody else to come out and then attack me. They're not asking. This is crazy. <laughs> Marty, <laughs> the, whole, the whole premise of what they're doing is very antithetical, right? It's almost like if I start a, a love organization, someone's hating me, I'm going to stop their hate with hate out of the sake of love, right? That's right. basically it. You know, you're, they believe you're trying to stop their free speech. They want to shut down your free speech in the name of free speech. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it seems like every week when we discuss these liberal woke organizations, grants, et cetera, that they have these confusing names that, that just go on and on and on. And this one, I think, is the longest one that we've seen yet. Right. <laughs> right. It's pretty long out there. Um, let me read to you a direct quote from this uh, grant. And it says these actors. Now, when they say these actors, they're talking about groups like Christian Action Network. These actors deploy targeted threats and instrumentalized stigma against such groups, meaning the transgender and the pro-abortion groups, in order to chill freedom of speech and limit democratic participation, leading to the erosion of democratic institutions, rule of law, access to justice, and fundamental freedoms of expression, assembly, and associations. I mean, that's not only a mouthful, that's quite the accusation. Yeah. What what are you doing? What are we doing? It's, I don't know. All we're doing is speaking our piece in the arena of ideas. And yeah. David, when you read through this, now, this grant application is like 40-some pages long. It's very long. Uh, but nowhere in this grant application language does it specify exactly what we are doing to cause this denial of access to justice and denial of fundamental uh, freedoms of expression and assembly or how we are denying people the rule of law. Nowhere do they justify any of these accusations. Uh, and that kind of got you upset, didn't it, David? Well, yeah, the whole thing has me upset. But first of all, it's a big lie that this is about free speech. What it's about is shutting down free speech by anyone that disagrees with them. But they use words like, and I think you just read this, um, instrumentalized stigma against <laughs> such groups. What is that? What I don't is even know what it is. Instrumentalized stigma. Hmm. I know what a stigma is. A stigma is, well, we don't think they're good. We think they're bad. I suppose that's what that means. But what is an instrumentalized stigma? It, this, there, there are phrases throughout this thing that make absolutely no sense. And I think that's intentional. I don't think any, they really want to disclose what they're really after. They want it so that the left-wing woke groups that get this money can interpret it any way they want to. And any way they want to, And it, except it's very clear that it's about shutting down speech of anybody that disagrees with a radical agenda. Yeah, and Marty, you don't even play an instrument, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, so here's the thing, guys. We realize this, right? You mentioned validity, justification. None of these groups need that, right? W whenever they come with these grants, these agendas, their legislation, what have you, there's never any basis. There's never any foundation. And just because we're conservatives, we're the Christians, we're the bad guys, we're the bad actors— they're going to find a reason to shut us down. They never have to justify it. Well, 
I'm hoping they will have to justify in a court of law. Uh, David and I talked about this earlier today, about the possibility of bringing a lawsuit against the U.S. State Department, because it's, I think it's clear this is unconstitutional for the U.S. government to go out there, hand money over to other people who shut down my free speech. And they can't get by with that, I don't think. David, you looked uh, a little bit into this. What did you, you know, come to a conclusion about? Well, to me, it's a clear case of, uh, of viewpoint discrimination. That is, the Department of State wants to, is discriminating against people with an anti-radical agenda viewpoint and is trying to shut down the speech. And it's a violation of the First Amendment. And I think that the State Department is very vulnerable on this on this activity, on this grant application. I mean, we're seeing this just all over, not just at the U.S. State Department, right? Because we, we're seeing what the FBI is doing. We're seeing what the Department of Justice is doing. We did an episode not too long ago where the Centers for Disease Control is going into schools and giving tests to teachers to see how to rank them on a scale between an awesome ally or a need improvement of the gay rights movement. And they're saying, well, you know, if you put up a bunch of rainbow flags in your classroom and you have posters up and you have uh, gay books in your classroom, not in the library, in your classroom, then we are going to rank you as an awesome ally of the gay movement. Uh, if you don't, then we're going to mark you down as someone that needs improvement. This is the U.S. government coming out and taking an active role of pushing the radical left agenda on Americans. And if that's not bad enough that the government itself is doing it, now they're going to award taxpayer money into the hands of activist groups out there, liberal activist groups, to also come after you. I think this is pretty scary. And I think we need to, you know, get a hold of this thing. There has to be, you know, our lawsuit's very expensive, David. You and I talked about this earlier today. And it's not cheap to sue the U.S. government at all. And uh, it's much more complicated than most people know when you go to court against the U.S. government and having to find the right venue and having to get out-of-town attorneys to do this. All this is ching, ching, ching. Money starts to add up. And they know that. And they know it's very difficult for you to exercise or bring the government under control where it belongs under the U.S. Constitution because you don't have the money to sue them. But unless we get that money, unless we start filing these lawsuits against the U.S. government being weaponized when it clearly is, they actually, it's not we're making an accusation, they produced a 40-page document outlining their weaponization against conservatives in America. It's right there for a judge to see. We just can't let this continue on like this. We're going to wake up one day and we're not going to have any voice at all. Because not only are government bodies going to come after you, but you're going to have radical activists who are funded by the government now coming after you. How is this even the State Department's domain? Aren't they in charge of foreign policy and dealing with other countries and stuff? Well, that was my point about the CDC as well, right? How yeah. is the CDC going into schools and getting teachers and ranking them as awesome allies of the LGBT movement have anything to do with controlling or preventing diseases. As a matter of fact, it's helping to spread diseases because even the CDC itself admits 
that gonorrhea and syphilis is basically a problem of the gay community. So they're going into schools. They're supposed to be preventing diseases, but they're going in schools and they're promoting something that leads to diseases. It doesn't have anything to do with the CDC any more than the U.S. State Department has anything to do in its mission with what Americans are saying inside of this country. But they're doing it anyway because nobody has challenged them because people don't have the money to challenge them. Or I the mean, FBI going in and policing school board meetings. And There uh, you go again. Yeah. All these government bureaucracies are just being weaponized and used for these bizarre, twisted purposes. And they make these crazy accusations. Let me read you another quote from this you know, grant uh, paper. It excuses groups like us. They say they have engaged in targeted attacks on individual human right defenders, right? Okay, so what they're saying is, is that these people are human right defenders. And no and examples? We're not. We're what not are these attacks? How are yeah, these people they being at? attacked? They produce and circulate disinformation, myths, and conspiracy theories targeting vulnerable and marginalized communities and increasing social stigma against these groups. But these are just words coming out of their lips onto a piece of paper with nothing and that whole 40 page to back up any of these accusations. But talk about stirring up hatred. That's what they're doing. And Marty, look, here's the thing, because none of these groups and organizations, they have no truth. They have no basis of truth, no foundation. Look at what we were talking about before, right? We were talking about pronouns and transgender, right? You started off that phrase that you just read with the word they, right? Yeah. So this is an organization that's obviously pro-trans, right? Hmm. So we talked about before that if you're talking about a group of people, now if they and them is referred to as a person who doesn't know their gender, right? Now that word they, how does that apply to Christian Action Network and the like? Right they're, they, they just they, they make no sense. Everything is subjective. There's no answer. And that's why for us and for our listeners and our viewers, it's so important that we do have a roadmap for life, which is the Bible. We understand the Bible to be authoritative truth. And all of these groups that we're talking about, those on the left, those that are liberal, those that are woke, they are just they're out there in la la land and they're position just crumbles as they make these arguments that make no sense whatsoever. You know, I've said before that we don't live in a constitutional republic anymore. I mean, when the Constitution does not matter, I mean, at what point would you ever think that the United States government would think it's okay to start policing opinions? You know, I mean, because that's what it is. It's an opinion on what you have about people and the things that you say about it. But they're trying to outlaw your opinion. They're trying to Control well, your opinion. They're, they're, you know, in this case, it's the police is not only just trying to control your opinion, they're deputizing other groups to do their job for them as well. Right. They're and giving them money to come out after you as well. So, it's, you know, it's bad enough dealing with, you know, the policing agencies of the federal government itself without having them to pump money into your community to fund organizations to help them do their job to come after you with a bunch of scurious lies, which is all this is. It really, guys, sounds like, you know, it's it's almost a replication of Nazi Germany, right? When, when Hitler first mm -hmm. got on the scene where they were looking to shut down 
the conservative Christian voice. Bonhoeffer, who was a pastor, he ultimately was a martyr, but they got him off of the radio because they knew that he was a voice of truth. He was going to be against that regime. And it's the same thing. So we see the Marxism, we see the socialism, we see this agenda, and it's a slow burn, right? It's one thing if they just said, okay, we're going to imprison everyone on our side, but it's they're going to make you hurt, right? They're going to hurt your pocketbook. They're going to hurt you in your job where you can't help your your family put food on the table. And yeah, it's the same thing. It just has a a different exterior. But internally, it's the same thing. Tyranny always uses the same playbook. Yeah, Yeah. but we just got to have eyes to see it. We got to be a discerning people during these times. This is really frightening in so many ways. One of the things in this grant notification is it wants the the people asking for the grants to create a project and tell them about what the project is the objective first objective of the project is strengthening the capacity of civil society led by marginalized groups in other words they want to change the leadership of our entire society to be leadership <laughs> by the radical left groups that they call this- marginal Maybe these people are marginalized for a reason. <laughs> That's objective number one. Make them the leaders of society. What good business is it of the government to say who should be leading society? It's the voters that are supposed to be saying that. All right. This next story actually does tie in, and I'll explain in a moment. But anyway, Jane Fonda, we all remember Hanoi Jane Fonda, right? Mm. She appeared on The View And while speaking out against anti-abortion laws, she made a statement that I want to read to you. We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. Now, when the... Uh, co-host of the program, Sonny Hostin. I don't know if she's co-host really, but she's on it. Uh, She asked Jane Fonda, well, besides marching and protesting, what else do you suggest? And Jane Fonda replied, well, I thought about murder. And then she repeated the word murder. She's just a loony. Joy Behar (laughs) said, ah, she's just kidding. <laughs> but Jane Fonda just stared at her. The whole thing was kind of masked with laughter. But she did say murder. She said, didn't she say a few other things first? And then she said, and murder, something like that. Well, she said, well, I thought about murder. Just murder. Absolutely reckless. So that someone could say that on TV. If you go back to what we were just talking about, the State Department is accusing groups like us of going out there, harassing and using terror-like tactics against individuals that we disagree with. Yet you got Shane Fonda on the pro-abortion side suggesting murder the opponents. Remember when they went after Sarah Palin because she used a set of crosshairs as a graphic in one of her ads? And they said she was like targeting her opponent for assassination or something? Well, here's Jane Fonda coming right out on TV and saying, we need to murder some people. You know, rules don't apply to them, though. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to let us murder babies, so we're going to murder you. Yeah. That's what she's saying. So earlier this week, uh, it'll be next week by the time people are watching or listening to this uh, when we release it, but earlier this week, 
Media mogul Steve Forbes said he was assaulted by angry protesters in New York City while he was at a conservative book launch party. Forbes was in attendance at the event for lunch uh, of a new book written by Bethany Mandel and Carl Makowitz, and he said protesters threw drinks at him and toppled a book display. Again, that's why the State Department can't come up with any examples of what we're doing, because the mm. other side is calling for the murder. They're the ones throwing things at people. God forbid we get into the discussion of how many times Black Lives Matter and Tifa have gone out there and attacked their opponents, more of them with just you know throwing a Coke bottle or toppling a bookcase here. What do you expect is going to happen? If you let people run loose, they're going to act like this. So also this past week, protesters at Stanford University shut down a speech by a conservative circuit judge, Stuart Kyle Duncan. And after they shut it down, he accused them of deeply uncivil behavior by hypocrites, idiots, and bullies. And that's the word I want to focus on is that hypocrites, because all this is hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy for the State Department to come out and grant money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, to other individuals and organizations to come after groups like ours when they are the ones doing the very terror tactics they're accusing us of. David? It's very easy for us conservatives to come up with examples of disgusting behavior by the left. As you just pointed out, two, two good examples of it. Yet this State Department document can't do, say anything but vague stuff. There's not one specific example of the behavior that they're trying to shut down by conservatives. Not one specific example of any behavior that anybody, normal person, would consider disgusting. They have no specific examples at all. But coming up with specific examples from the left behaving badly is really easy. Those are all over the place. All right. So uh, I want to move on here uh, because I found this very interesting. Pope Francis, he made national news this week uh, when he came out against gender theory. He says gender theory is one of the most dangerous ideological colonizations. Now, being the wordsmith that you are, Alec, maybe you could help parse that for me. What is an ideological colonization? Because I'm looking at that thinking, I just can't figure it out. What does that he mean sound, by that? That sounds like something a leftist would say. But I guess <laughs> the guy, Francis used to be kind of a leftist, but he's going to find himself not being invited to the right cocktail parties anymore <laughs> after saying something like this. Uh, but as for colonization, yeah, I don't know if you could possibly, why he would use that word. All right. Well, skipping past that, you know, strange word that he used, uh, the Pope said that gender theory blurs the differences between men and women, and it dilutes the differences that make humanity rich and diverse. This is where he got into some good stuff here. Yeah. Now, I'm going to read you his actual quote here because, it, again, it's you have to parse it out, and we're going to talk about it, and it's all going to make sense. But let me read it first. He said, all humanity is the tension of differences. It is to grow through the tensions of differences. The question of gender is diluting the differences and making the world the same, all dull, all alike, and that is contrary to the human vocation. Now, that's a very powerful statement when you parse it out. 
So to make it simple, he's saying that what the goal of this gender colonization is, is to make both man and woman the exact same. So there are no male traits. There are no female traits. There is a simple single unit trait in all mankind, which the Pope accurately, I think, points out, will make this a extremely dull and pointless world. Just like we were machines, because there aren't male and female machines. Yeah. So Psychology Today, they came out and they said that they are defining gender as a social construct. Mm -hmm. So if you look at gender as a social construct, that means that we created these gender roles. We weren't born with these gender roles. These were just passed down through history to us. We constructed the differences between a male and a female. So the word is getting out there that by these scientists and these radical left loonies, that there really isn't any difference between a male and a female to begin with. But now what I don't understand because psychology today and the rest of them will then say, well, this little girl believes she's trapped in a boy's body. And this boy believes he's trapped in a girl's body. Well, if you are saying on the one hand that it's all a social construct to start with, then how do these little kids somehow come to the conclusion that they're trapped in the wrong body? They're not trapped in the wrong. It's all social construct it's to start with. Probably their evil parents are, are convincing them of this. Well, there goes that hypocrisy you were talking about. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, David, can you make any, you know, like, do your best here as a radical leftist. Explain this to me. <laughs> how how can you have both going on at the same time? How can it be a social construct, but also be trapped in the wrong body at the same time? The Pope's going right and David's going left. <laughs> well, clearly, it makes no sense. And I can't, I can't defend psychology today for claiming that that male and female is merely a social construct assuming male and female are genders and not merely sex i mean as far as i'm concerned the folks in psychology today are biology deniers that, that's the only explanation for it that's very clear that men and women are different biologically they're also different psychologically in fact jordan peterson has a has some really good information about that, but but uh, but this cuts across all cultures. There are differences between men and women. N not all women are exactly alike one way and, and against others, but but women have tendencies that men don't have. Men have tendencies that women don't have. They're different. They're different psychologically, and they're different biologically. It just Psychology Today is, you know, to me, it's just become a crackpot, crackpot publication. Well, this is where the radical left starts to butt heads against each other. Because on the one hand, they want to say, you could be trapped in the wrong body, being male or female. And on the other hand, they want to say, well, it's all social construct. So when you go down a path of lies, when you go down a path of non-biology and stuff that's not scientific— you start creating this stuff out of thin air, we can all expect that there's going to be a lot of illogical consequences that's going to flow after that. And you begin to wonder, though, and I do, 
Will they ever catch on to their own insanity? Will they ever, like we're talking today, go, wait a second, we really can't say both. We can't say a five-year-old boy is trapped in a girl's body and then also make the argument that all, you know, sex is a social construct as well, but that wouldn't make sense to anybody. But you remember when we were growing up, one of the big leftist philosophies, what they were trying to push in everybody was feminism. Now the left is out trying to destroy feminism by saying there's really no difference. Of course, ask any young woman athlete who has to compete against a biological male in her sport as to whether there's really a difference. But it's destroying feminism that used to be the left's purview. Well, look, they're going to be talking to these very young kids. And these young kids, you know, their brains aren't fully formed. And it's a good way for them to come in and play around with their brain and confuse them all so that they grow up not knowing what the hell they're doing after that. And perhaps that's why in Maryland they have introduced a bill that will prevent anyone under the age of 25 from being charged with felony murder. So if you are under 25, you can go out and kill somebody without having to worry that you will be charged with felony murder. And what is the rationalization behind that? Yeah, I don't know. It's because... People's brains are not fully formed until they're 25. Uh, so you have to be 25 to know that murdering is wrong. That's so, what they're saying. You have so, to be. Sorry, I was just going to say, so Jane Fonda would not be excluded from this then. No, no Jane Fonda with her, with her murder With her murder comments. Yeah, I think, you know, people on this side of the aisle, guys, it's just the more illogical they are, the more it makes sense for them. I just, real quick, I just want to go back to Pope Francis because... In his comment that you stated, Marty, it's kind of intimated, you know, that they're veering away, obviously, from God's design. But that's something as the Pope, you should be mentioning, right? That I think we talked about it on the last podcast, <laughs> that everything that they're doing, I mean, yeah, he, he made some good points. Yeah, it's, you know, men, men are designed uniquely, women design uniquely, we get that. We bring different things to the table. But at the same time, we got to realize that the more that they push away from Bible, away from God, away from Christ, it's pushing the next generation and our society away from God himself. And that's what they're doing. That's what this is all based upon. Right. So when you push God further away from the brains of people out there where they have no common sense any longer or values of right and wrong— then going out and murdering somebody because your brain isn't fully function and you don't have a God to help correct any of that, you should be excused for killing people then. Mm. That's what Marilyn thinks. And it's not, you know, this whole story is kind of just absolutely ridiculous. Um, But the bill is currently making its way through the state house and the governor's pick to run the juvenile justice service in Maryland has said that nobody under the age of 21 should be introduced into the justice system because of their undeveloped brain. So if you're 21 or under, regardless of what crime you commit, you should never have to go to jail because your brain is not fully developed. 
So can you be drafted when you're 18 if your brain's not fully developed? Right. And on the same token, I wouldn't want these people, these, these youngins driving, right? They, they get the license or when voting. They're, they're 16. Or voting. They, yeah. People on the street, driving on the streets without a fully developed brain. Now, what happens if these people are smoking marijuana at 25? That kills brain cells. So now, even if they're 25, their brain is even less developed than we thought before. We're caught in another woke rabbit hole that just never ends. Can you imagine how stupid the people that they hang around must be in order for them to think this way? Like, you have to be hanging around some 20-year-old complete fools to think that they don't know the difference between right and wrong or if it's okay to murder somebody yeah, or not. Yeah, that you can decriminalize like <laughs> murder. Well, yeah. I think that... So, is that the first commandment? Yeah. <laughs> um... So they're not saying that these people don't know that it's wrong. They're simply saying that their brain is so undeveloped, they can't comprehend why it's wrong. Now, obviously, this bill's been criticized. They can still do it, though. They can still do it. This <laughs> You're just been, as dead. The result of this, some people are criticizing, will mean that gangs will now hire people yeah. under yeah. 25 yeah. to go out and do the killings for right. them. And the mafia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who came up with this? A 24-year-old murderer? Go ahead, David. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I feel like I really need to explain the legal concept here because I think there's some confusion. You do. The felony murder rule does not apply to all murders. Let's say you get two youths that go into a gas station to hold it up. One youth steals all the candy the other one shoots the clerk and kills him. Under the felony murder rule, both of them can be tried for murder. Under the Pennsylvania bill, only the guy that actually pulled the trigger could be tried for murder. So it doesn't prevent, uh, it doesn't stop people from being tried for murder, just being tried for murder under the so-called felony murder rule, which is anytime a death occurs during the commission of a felony, Everybody who committed the felony is guilty of the murder. Okay, so that's what they're going for in Maryland, right? Yeah, I just thought there was some misunderstanding of the concept. Well, we're not lawyers, yeah. and the way the article reads, it no. basically well, that's says, why I'm here. That yeah, needed to be said. So thank you. All right. So what they're saying then, to be clear, is that if I hire or convince another person under 25 to go kill somebody for me. Uh, the person that did the killing could be charged, but I would be fine if I'm under 25. If you hired them to do the killing, then that's a different story. That's not a killing. Well, what if I didn't hire them? What if I just convinced them? Felony, that, 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 that makes you a, a principal in the actual murder. So, no, that example doesn't quite work. All right. Well, but how does the example think back to the, the article clearly states that the critics of the bill say that this bill, if passed, will allow criminal gangs to have underage people under 25 go do the killing for them. That's what the bill will allow. Uh, do you don't think the gangs are paying these people? I think they're paying these people to go do it. Oh, I, I agree they will, but they're going to be paying them to go commit felonies. And if a murder, if a death happens to happen during the felony, only the person that pulled the trigger or struck right. the knife in the chest or... Or, or did it would be actually would be did the uh, guilty of murder. The others get off. So there's really there's no um, protecting. 
people who actually pull the trigger. Does it make the bill that much easier to swallow, though? No, it's still, I mean, still all those other gang members will get away with it where they didn't before. All right, on our final story, we're going to talk about a Christian accountant who was fired from his job because he refused to attend a mandatory LGBTQ workplace training session. So he felt that this would force him to listen to indoctrination that is in contradiction with the tenets of his faith. So he sued. After he sued, uh, he got a court ruling. I guess it just came out uh, yesterday from the Manhattan Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals that rejected, surprise, surprise, his claim, ruling that he had failed to provide sufficient evidence to back up his case. So even though the school in the lawsuit, it says that the uh, Mr. Raymond Zenduski had asked for the dismissal papers, but the school refused to give over the dismissal papers, and so that prevented him from being able to present to the court as to, to be able to verify that this was the reason why he was fired. But the fact that he did not attend, the fact that he was fired after he missed two of these training classes is real. And it just seems to me the court was simply trying to create a way where this guy could not bring this lawsuit and succeed. David, did you get a chance to look at that story? I, I looked at the story and I really couldn't tell what the judge's reasoning is, except you know, typically a private employer can have requirements for employees and the requirements don't necessarily have to align with their religious beliefs. Uh, I think it would have been a different story if, for example, the, uh, the, the guy that was fired had been forced to agree with a DEI statement. Uh, the, you know, there are DEI statements that employers are requiring uh, all their employees to agree with, which uh, has things in it that would shock the Christian conscience. Uh, but we don't know whether it was that. We don't, we, don't, we don't know what the court would have considered sufficient evidence because there just isn't enough information in the story, really. Well, now, he, this was a school district, so it wasn't a private employer. It was a school district that required him to go. And uh, so this is a government agency trying to drag you into basically a religious session because I claim these are nothing but religious indoctrination sessions. They are. Clearly, yeah. that's what they are. And you refuse to go. And that seems to me to be a clear-cut violation of this guy's uh, religious freedom. I, I don't even see, you know— what else do you need in order to be able to defend yourself? It's just really hard to say. Without without knowing what evidence was submitted in support of the motion, it's hard to say what the judge would have considered sufficient, although I have a suspicion that we're not dealing with a Trump appointee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, all right, David. That would be in the story, definitely. I'm confused we here. Give me an example, all right? What possibly... It's the rationale of a judge not to let this case go forward. I don't understand that. Well, I mean, it, it depends. He on, didn't want it in the class. If the guy couldn't come up with evidence that was, in fact, indoctrination, as opposed to merely training somebody to understand the needs of the LGBTQ, LSMFT community, I mean, 
it's hard to say. Well, he may not have had that's that's you may not have had sufficient evidence. That is your religious view, David. This particular person may have the religious view that it's against his religion to be in an LGBTQ workplace training session. I mean, you know, to him, there are plenty of Christians out there that won't even turn on a TV set because of what might come over the tube, much less ask them to go to an LGBT training session. So why can't he have the religious conviction that I don't care if they're just talking about the needs of these people to me. I am an an accountant at a school district. Why do I need to know what the needs of the LGBTQ community is? And that's against my religious belief to even associate with these people. I could see them going after him for like skipping work or something if he's not doing a a work-required activity. But to yeah to to penalize him for the for refusing to be indoctrinated or to sit through indoctrination that doesn't make sense. And how is this any different, guys? Than Bibles getting taken out of schools, prayer getting taken out of school, right? We want to take out once again God, Bible, prayer, but then we're going to get penalized if we stand for God, Bible, prayer but then we don't want to get indoctrinated. We don't want to go with the world system and the culture around us. It Was that the whole point in the 60s when they said, oh, well, we can't have prayer in the school anymore. We can't have the Bible in the school anymore. And the reason why is because it will expose that teaching to kids who do not believe in the Bible or do not believe in a God. Therefore, you could excuse them, right? But no. We're not going to allow you just to excuse the kids. You're going to have to get your material out of there. So somehow it's okay. Whenever the radical left wants to pump you with their nonsense, you have to sit there. You have to obey or you get fired or you get removed. David. Well, I think what what's missing here is that we need to, we, sh- we understand, but the courts don't seem to that the, the philosophy that is spewed by the radical left is their religion. Yes. When they have the government force us to, to uh, tote the line to the radical ideology, the government is forcing a religion on us. It may be the LGBTQ trans craziness religion, but yeah. it's a religion. But it, look, it really is a religion. It's, it's not just their religion. It is them taking you into class and telling you your religion is wrong. It's actually telling you that God did not create people like this or God's a very evil guy because he created them like this and put them into the wrong body. What a sick God he must be, right? And it goes back to that word hypocrisy, right? Yes. Because we're talking about worldviews, right? Christianity is a worldview. Wokeism is a worldview. Worldview, we can continue that. But we see that they want to shut down our worldview, but they want to interject their worldview into our culture. And guys, we're seeing that there's a common theme here as we go throughout this podcast today. First, we started off with freedom of speech. Now we're talking about freedom of religion. 
the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, our freedoms are under attack. And that's why we have this show called Shout Out Patriots. We want to make sure that good, wholesome patriots like yourself who are listening and watching right now that you have a voice. Just like if we go back to the Hitler's days, right? They wanted to shut down the church. They wanted to shut down the conservative voice. And many churches, many pastors did not speak up. That's why we still know the name today, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, because he was one voice there in that area, in that time frame where he was going to speak up. So right now, church, Christian, pastors, preachers, we need to speak up. Now is the time because if we remain silent, there's going to come a time where we're not going to have a voice. And while we still have a voice, while we still have breath in our lungs, now is the time to speak. And bravo for this guy um, in New York who didn't go. Right. And he lost his job and he lost his lawsuit, but um, life will go on. And he stood up for what he believed in. Well, and it, his, yeah. I think it's kind of like silly to be able to say, well, you know, you could have attended this LGBTQ workshop training class because it would all have been speaking about uh, the needs of the LGBT community. Uh, how do you know that's what is going to take place in there? Why can't you have the freedom and say, well, that's what you say it is. You lie all the time. Y'all lie about genders. Y'all lie about everything out there. I'm not going to take your word that that's what this class is going to be about. And it's against my religion. I don't want to go. Right. Why can't they say that? I'm an educated person. I don't need to be re-educated by you. And, yeah. and, and like what Alex saying, he... He still has his dignity. He still has his integrity. Yeah. He still has his character. And he, he's still continuing on the road that he feels is the right road to go down. And he sometimes we got to take that stand, regardless of the consequence. He didn't just dump it all by the side of the road so he could keep his, his cruddy New York school system job. Well, the attorney for Zendusky, the accountant, argues that his termination was in clear violation of the United States Constitution and... Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and they plan on appealing it and says that this is an example of the left's intolerance and, guess what, hypocrisy. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Well, that concludes our show for tonight, and I'm uh, glad you were with us, and we hope to see you back again, and hopefully that you will share it with your friends and like that like button. And uh, see us again next week.